evening and welcome to Football Bloody Hell. the show tonight. And on the show tonight we've got Mr. Paul Thorpe. Ricky Hyatt's here as well. I'm here, I think. And of course Hilda Pryor's here as well. And we're very pleased to welcome back after a couple of weeks absence, Josh Staunton of Yeovil Town Football Club. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to football, bloody hell! And uh, we've had a bit of a start already, but uh, let's welcome our guests. There's only three of them, including me. Uh, so I'm here. Hi, Adi. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And, and joining me is Ricky Hyatt, who had his uh, um, what was I was going to say? Your second debut was it? Your second debut or your third on Saturday? My second what? Second debut on the radio, you know, doing the um, com. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, it's my second trophy game, and I did a league game earlier in the season. Oh, so third then. So getting to be a season professional. Like, I think it's the FA Trophy. Yeah. It's my yeah. fault. Yeah, well, there you go. And uh, Hilda's here. Hi, Hilda. Hello, mate. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine, yeah. And we have Josh Staunton from Yeovil here. Hello, Josh. Uh, that's right. Yeah, we're all good, mate. We're all good. Good, mate. Probably better than you, actually, at the moment, but uh, we won't go into that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, call it a tribute, call it what you like, but I think we should start with talking about Terry Skiverton because the shock news came out on Saturday that Terry had left the club, uh, gone to Charlton Athletic, as I understand it. Um, I presume as coach of some sort, but uh, that was, to say the least, a bit of a shock. Um, Terry's been at the club for, I think they said, 23 years on the TV tonight, or last night I saw it. Well, you know, to see a, a stalwart like Terry leave like that is is um, it's a bit of a shock. And uh, you know, um, I don't really know what to say. I'm, 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 you know, I'm going to miss him around the place. I've worked with him for many many years, during which time. You know, he was a good friend. But, um, yeah, Terry, if you're listening, mate, I'm, I'm staggered. What do you think, Hilda? Well, I mean, it's it's difficult to really add to what's already been said, to be honest. I mean, the guy is Yeovil Town, isn't he? There's no yeah. two ways about it. And I'm sure um, when we come to Josh in a moment from sort of the current player's perspective, that... Um, the, the name, the, the word legend is used a lot uh, for different people in the game um, up and 
in all areas of the sport, really. But it really does apply with Terry's Giverton. I mean, he's pretty much done every role at the club as well as part, apart from cook the food in the canteen. I think. I think he's just done just about everything that you could imagine. Um, got the club to the heavy heights um, of when they uh, got promotion out of the football league to begin with. Captaining that type team, of course, then going on from League Two into League One. And then when he took over, um, when was it after Russell Slade left? Correct me if I'm wrong. And, you know, at the time, because of how far Yeovil would come, when you look at his, looked at his managerial career at the time, you were thinking, oh, I hope that Yeovil could be doing a little bit better. But then when you look at it now, and the fact that you would sort of snap your hand off for. Uh, bottom half of League One and look at some of the players that have come through the club as well with um, which Terry has sort of instigated really where you see the likes of Andros Townsend that have been at the club Ryan Mason um, Asmir Begovic all those sorts of players at that time who we had through the door Um, a lot of it was down to Terry um, let alone uh, how what he managed to do as a as a player as well Um, Obviously, it did come as a bit of a shock, but if rumours are still to be believed at this point, it sounds like it was an opportunity that would probably be too good to turn down. And it sounds like after what he said, um, I think he came out in an interview this week, didn't he? And he said it, everything kind of aligned and it felt like the right time. It was just disappointing, I guess, from a fan's perspective that we didn't really get to give him a proper send-off um, at, the, at the ground. But then these opportunities come around at different times and you've got to take them, you know, when, when you get the chance and um, good luck to him because he'll always be welcome at Yeovil. Yeah. Well, we know that, don't we? That's for sure. Rick, what do you make of it? Um, it's, it was out of the blue, but I guess a move into the, the football league, you can't turn it down. It, despite the period of time that, um, Skibbo had at the club, and I was just just thinking. I was just looking at looking something up. First time I became aware of Skibbo was when he was the youth team assistant manager of Harchester Rovers, Harchester United. Yeah, <laughs> remember that on Dream Team. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so as well as all his, all the other jobs that um, Hilda was listing that he's done at the club, he's also also a recognised thespian. Absolutely, yeah, and he was very good at that too. To be fair. He it was, was good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was great. But, um, Josh, without uh, putting yourself in a libelous situation or dropping yourself right in it, uh, what's what's the inside track then? I mean, what do you... I mean, obviously, you've, you've worked yeah. with the guy. What do you feel about it? Yeah, obviously, I remember meeting Terry the first outside, to be fair. It was a big reason why I came down to Yeovil because his passion and his vision for the club was, was something I'd never really um, seen before. Like I'd never spoke to anyone who'd been at a club for as long as he had and seen the legacy he'd built. And uh, I think it's obviously something everyone aspires to do when they when they sign for a club and to see someone who's actually been there and done it. Buy uh, for himself down here with his family and enjoyed the highs. It was really sad on Friday when we when we found out he was going, but um I don't think you can begrudge anyone a chance to step up. Obviously, it's not my place to say, but it's um, but he but to but he's earned it. I think I think he's done his service at, at Yeovil. 
And um, I just think he, people like him don't come around. I think it's players like that don't come around anymore. I think it's really hard to find someone who's going to ded- dedicate their life. I'm sure he's had options and opportunities in the past to go higher and he's turned them down. But I think I think when he felt like the time was right, it's he, he's earned the right to make that decision himself. Do you think that the uh, air of uncertainty surrounding the club has is, is had some bearing on it? Um, I think uncertainty definitely makes things harder. Like it's not I I'm as much in the dark as anyone. I don't need I don't I can't sit here and say anything anything anyone else hasn't said, but I'm sure in the back of your mind he's got he's got a, it's a, he's got a family to support and that uncertainty and, and if he's been offered a job which is too good to turn down, I think mm. and he felt the time was right, all the things all the stars aligned for him really. And of course, it's also very close to his his his, uh, his, his original home because I'm pretty sure he came from Lewisham way, and Charlton's not that yeah. far from Lewisham, if my memory's right. So uh, it's kind of like going back home, I suppose, to a degree. And and I think that that there have been some connections to Charlton in that uh, uh, Ben Roberts, uh, goalkeeping coach, and Ben was at the club for a while, and he went to Charlton. And so did Nathan Jones for a while before he moved on in his uh, his managerial career. So again, there's there's a there's a link there, but it just seems that, that you know maybe Yeovil could have fought a bit harder to keep him because, from what I gather, I've only heard heard remarks quoted on in in, in the media that that um, uh, Darren Sale wasn't you know very very happy, very pleased to see him go. Um, on the contrary, he's really upset. And you know, you just think maybe maybe somebody should have made a bit more effort to get him to stay. But I don't know. Maybe that's not for me. On, to say. on that aid, I think it's I think it I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because like Josh and Rick have both touched on when you've been at the club for as long as he has, I think after a while, you kind of as much as you want them to stay. I don't know what else they could possibly have done. To be quite honest, because the fact that he's been there so long, he's seen everything that there is to see. Um, but Joshua he's probably earned the right to be able to get this sort of opportunity if if it is confirmed that it is Charlton that he ends up going to. So it's a difficult one because the club probably felt that also at the same time that they couldn't really stand in his way after the longevity that he's given the club over the years. Yeah, no, that, that's that's true. But uh, you know, at the same time, it's. Uh... It's just a pity to see a, a stalwart such as Terry go. You know, he, he's uh, he's been mm-hmm. such a huge part of the club, and, and and I'm absolutely certain, and I'm sure Josh could, could probably confirm it that, you know, behind the scenes, being an ex-player, he can he can relate to the players that are there. He can relate to some of the defensive frailties that might occur from time to time because he's been there, he's done it, he's played the game. That was his position. I mean, what better yeah. what better man to have? You know, in in the sort of driving seat alongside Darren Sale to, to do that. Darren Sale constantly yeah, yeah. attack and Terry the defence. You know. Yeah, I agree with that, and, and I think, like you say, Terry's been there and done it. And um, I think a lot of people probably don't give him the credit he deserves because he's massively overqualified to be an assistant manager in the National League in terms of badges yeah. and experience. Yeah. I mean, I was speaking to Taylor the other day, and I think he's managed something like 160 games in in League One. I think. Or League One down, so that sort of experience we probably took it for granted in in, in the te- in the shape of his his um, legacy at the club, like he'd never go. But people, Terry would be would have been a man in demand, 
both in his playing days and his and his coaching days. He's he's earned his stripes, so to speak, and he's and I think he's in a very good position to push on and, and he goes with like all the boys' best wishes and personally I thank him for everything he's done for me. He spent every day in the summer with me when no one else was in training every day, trying to get helping me get back fit after my injury. So I'll be forever grateful of the, the work Terry done with me, which no one ever sees, do you know what I mean? And and he's and he never really puts himself in and takes a limelight. But um he'll be a massive miss for the club in and around it day to day and and the bits people don't see. And of course the other thing to bear in mind is that you know can you get stale at a club? I mean he's been there as I said, I think it's twenty three years or something like that. Um, you know, is is there much more that he can can contribute in that he hasn't done it already? You know, I mean, you do tend to get stale sometimes. I, mean, I don't know what the average year years for a manager to be at a club, but it's only about three or four, I think, and it's something like that. I was going to yeah. say, it'll be a lot fewer than 23. That's yeah, sure. exactly. So, you know, <laughs> is, does it come to the point where he just thinks, well, you know, I've done all I can do here, and that, that might well be the case. I, you know, I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure he'll come out sooner or later and, and, and tell us, and I'm hoping I'm up hey, the big, the biggest compliment you could probably <clears> give him <throat> is the fact that with the managerial changes that have happened since um, Johnson was in the first time around. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but each manager has asked for Terry to stick around in some capacity or another. So that speaks highly of the guy. Yeah. And not only that, you you speak to Gary Johnson about Terry Skiverton. Gary Johnson, second time around, would not have taken the job if Terry hadn't stayed. I know that for a fact. They They had long, long conversations before the decision was made and then eventually when Terry said yes okay Gary I'll stay then Gary said that's okay I'll take the job then and you know what what more can you get from a from a a, um, a boss than that that's that's a, a real sort of vote of confidence I think and it paid off with that championship season as well because that yeah. was the second time around wasn't it yeah exactly exactly and I, I think I've told this story before but I'll just say it again because it's relevant that when we won the FA um, trophy at Villa Park, I'd not been working at the club that long, probably, I don't know, six months maybe. And uh, obviously the whole, you know, the whole concept of going to a game like that, for me, that was not a football person at that point. I, I couldn't consider myself slightly more of a football person now. But, um, and, and I was there and, and, you know, we won and I was taking pictures and I was trying to get the, the atmosphere and on film and everything else. And, and Terry went out of his way to make sure that he got a photograph of me and him and the trophy together on the pitch at Villa Park during all those celebrations, which was unreal to me. It was such a, you know, I, I felt really humbled, you know, that he took the trouble to do that. But he was that sort of a bloke, you know, and I'll never forget that. He, he was, it was brilliant. But that's Terry Skiverton for you, mate, I tell you. You know, I suppose you haven't really had much dealings with him, have you, Rick, unfortunately? So you're not in quite such a position to comment? No, not... not. I remember playing darts against him when you brought... That's when right, Gary first yeah. Job, yeah, he came to... the job at... Um, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, they came to North Parrot and we, we played them at darts and yeah. I was ribbing him then about Archester thing and he just... Do you, you think that a player of his ability and what is his previous uh, club was Chelsea and then come to Yeovil? Yeah. That's a hell of a coup back then. And then, as the guys have been saying, just to stick around for that long, yeah. he's earned the right to do whatever he wants to do in a game and nobody to feel 
to think any the worse of him for it because he must have had umpteen opportunities and umpteen offers in the past. Yeah, yeah. So, well, um, well I'm hoping he might come on it. the show and, 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 you know, come on and do have a chat with us about it and, um, you know, some of his highlights at the Oval would be great if he will do. But I'll have to, uh, I can't get hold of him at the moment, so uh, I'm sure he's he's probably keeping a, a low profile delivery. Josh can, Josh, can, Josh can maybe fill him in with how much of a warm and friendly atmosphere it is on here. And of course, I think it's rather sad that the, the game after or the, 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 the game before his announcement or that he was leaving the club was unfortunately a defeat, which, you know, um, he wouldn't have liked that either, I don't think. And uh, But yes, that's football, isn't it? You can never, never tell. No, um, I, it's difficult because with obviously with with Josh here, I don't, I don't really want to be. I don't really want to go in too hard. Oh, on mate, the you team can say, you can on say Saturday, you don't worry but about um, it, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, Rick and I were both in both in the commentary position, and the way that I'll turn it for as well as you know, it didn't happen for Oval. We were very sort of not pleasantly surprised because obviously we're all supporting Yeovil, but we were surprised at just how good need and market were on the ball. And they certainly turned up to the game as much as you could maybe argue Yeovil didn't. And it pains me to say, but they probably did deserve to go through uh, penalties. You never know. Um, quick nod to you, Josh, good pen. Right, so yeah. no, no problems there, mate. Um, but it was just one of those. It was a, it was a, Ding dong shootout as well. I think Yeovil had two opportunities to win the game. Uh, Needham had at least one, I think, when it turned, and unfortunately, um, they they got the winner at the end. But when you've got the situation in penalties where it's starting to go round to the goalkeepers, and then you're starting to get to the takers who maybe didn't fancy one, you then just sort of. You know, it's anybody's then, isn't it? They say it's a lottery, and that's kind of how it turned out to be. So disappointing, but would have sort of been a nice way, wouldn't it, to if the year that um, Terry Skiverton left Yeovil was the year that Yeovil went on to obviously lift the trophy that he lifted for us back in 2003 or whenever it was. But sometimes yeah. football's just as cruel as it is of creating positive stories. Have you done any? I'm, I'm I'm not taking the Mickey now, but have you done any any penalty practicing before the game, um, Josh, or not? What me personally? No, the, the, whole, the whole you know the whole squad. Yeah, we we took penalties. We took penalties before the Bournemouth game as well. But but you can practice all you want on the training pitch, mate. It doesn't really make any difference. It's it's mm. that forty yard walk down to the penalty spot. Yeah. If you're gonna, you got to stick to your guns and trust you trust your first thought, and. Like like they said on on the day, it's a bit of a lottery. Sometimes the goalie goes some right way. Um, look, I'm not going to sit here and criticise people for missing penalties. It's the lead. It was the most disappointing thing was the 90 minutes before for me, mm. and um, the the lack of purpose we played with is probably the best word. Like I think we should be at least. I always think if you if a team like that beats you. No disrespect to them, but if a team at that level beats you, their goalie or centre half should have had the best game of their lives. That's mm. how I always look at it, and they've they've earned their win in terms of you knocked on the door. And I think we didn't knock on the door at all. Um, we struggled to create. We had quite a lot of the ball, but we were flippant in how we were uh, just uh, handing over possession. 
Dare, dare I, I mention he, the word complacent? Would that be appropriate or not? I don't think it was complacency. I think in all honesty, we're on a. It happens with a young team that we've had a few bad results and people start losing a bit of confidence. And I, I wouldn't say I don't think we were complacent. We had nothing to be complacent about. We, they they were probably on a better run of games than we were. That's a very and, good um, point, Josh. We were yeah. we were touching on in commentary that okay, there's the um, the gap between the two teams in terms of positionings in the in the football league standings, but Needham Market were in sort of much better form if you look over the last month or so. Yeah. So they went to Hewish Park with every confidence and yeah, I think it comes down to belief in their performance. Yeah, I think mm. it comes down to belief. I think. Um, it was a it was a massive swinging point for me. I think if we'd have gone and got a second goal, made it two 0 we'd have yeah. killed the game off, and we would have maybe that would have been the the, the penny dropping for us when we'd gone. Oh, that's that's kickstarters. But I think there's a there's a fragility in the squad where we concede a goal and we right on half time as well. Yeah, yeah there's well, a, there's a, there's a, a bad well. time to concede. Yeah. But I just think yeah. it was there's a there's a lack maybe at the moment with with the way the results have gone. There's a lack of belief in that we're gonna we can score again so um, I think that's got to come from within I, I wouldn't say it's, I definitely wouldn't put down the complacency knowing that group of lads I would just say it's a bit of a bit of a it was the, it's the manager of the month curse again Josh unfortunately <laughs> yeah, we, did, we, we joked about it a few times yeah. and, but it, it doesn't half seem to happen nigh on all the time yeah. it's no, bizarre um, <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same group of players out there who were during the good run and we're just yeah. searching for something and it's not quite clicking for us at the moment. But the main thing is we're in a good position now with 20, was it 24, 25 games left? No, probably not that this year. It's 23 in the league. So 22 games, 21, 22 games left. We're in a decent enough position where if we can get the ball rolling again, we will, we can end the season well. And and then playoff places, they're still not out of touch. Is, um, is Wrexham kind of an ideal team to play and I mean that in terms of that obviously if you were to get the win then suddenly that competition is almost back straight away certainly with the fans of saying that you know a, a win against a team that's still expected to do at least be up around the playoff places if not higher yeah I think I think um, you're definitely right to be fair and even the the setup of the game the makeup of the game I think the group flourishes on when they're not as much pressure on results so Rexham probably come with the anticipation of winning, and um, but I think in all honesty, oh, you scored, didn't you up there as I well? I did score. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in all honesty, I think I think as bad as it sounds, that the we've been quite fortunate in the run. However, we've lost. Well, we lost five on the five in a row now. Mm. Is it? Four? Yeah, we've been quite fortunate. Uh, we've only lost yeah. three three league games. League games, yeah. So mm. our main aim this season would have been to make playoffs. Anything else would have been a bonus in terms of FA Cup. We obviously targeted the FA Trophy, but I think we would, as a club, we would have prioritised the league. So in actual fact, to have lost five on the bounce and only lost three of them league games is a way of looking forward to it. We haven't actually lost out on X amount of points when we, do you know what I mean? Our performance haven't, written off our season as such yeah. we've just been knocked out of two cup competitions so that's the way I've been looking at at least we've still haven't given ourselves an absolute mountain to not climb not cost you league points has it but yeah exactly it's not like it's not written off our season <laughs> it's not completely kept us where you say they're completely out of touch um, 
but I think it's definitely a massive question for the group now of um, regalvanising and and trying to come back and you, and start winning games. It's a good, very good one to win because with with, with no pressure, Josh, it probably feature in the Netflix documentary that no doubt Ryan Reynolds is making. Yeah. So just just be an audience of millions around the world <laughs> aware of this yeah. result. So nothing to worry about too much. No, That's a very fine. good point. Josh's goal up at Wrexham might have yeah, made it, it onto it did, it did, Netflix. You know, yeah. my, my mate sent it. There's a there's an all access little all access bit they do, which is like a Netflix camera, and they got it on there. But that will be that game will definitely be on there because I think it ended there. <laughs> there, um, they were unbeaten at home, I think, until we played them. Josh, yeah. Josh, Josh Deadpool yeah. Neil. Josh, do you think yeah. uh, going going back to the game and and, and in particular the penalty shootout? You think it was it was just sheer bad luck that the twice where you had a chance to win the game, that it was probably two of the youngest and most inexperienced players that that got to take the kicks. Um, uh, it was uh, who was that? Sonny, 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 Sonny Blue and Sonny. Morgan Williams, wasn't it? No, Morgan Williams um, was to keep us in the game. I think. Yeah, yeah. it was Mark Little. Mark Little. Yeah. Mm. But to be fair to Mark, he's. You know, I know it's a penalty, but he's had a, such a terrible, t- terrible time of injuries, hasn't he? So it's unfortunate for him. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I don't think. I, th- I think. I, look, big. It's a it's a responsibility on on um, on young Sonny's shoulders, but he's a good player, and and it was. It's in with all due respect. It's not like kicking a penalty shootout in the in the World Cup final, is it? No. You know I mean, like, no. The pressure was the pressure. The pressure was definitely reasonable I mean your knees weren't quaking as you walked up to it mm. and uh, I think we have to put that in perspective and Sonny's, Sonny's, look, Sonny Sonny will learn from that and and there was a few positives though that I know it was hard to find them but the fact that um, Williams did open his account that would be obviously good yeah. uh, good for him filling in for Dan Moss I wanted to touch on because yeah. obviously we've, we've heard the news that he's now gone on to Leighton Orient for the rest of the season but just how what you boys thought of him and what you think he might be able to go on to achieve because he's been absolutely brilliant filling in. Yeah. Um, at right back, with obviously Mark Little not being available, but I'm sure as Mark Little's now getting his way back into the squad or sort of force his way into the side, not too far away now, but he's been brilliant for us this season and a, a huge loss for the team. Yeah. Like, no, mate, but make no bones about it. Mosty um, came in. And he made that position his own. Do you know what I mean? That was mm. that was his shirt, and he didn't let go of that. Like almost the, from um, the first first game, really. And, yeah. and my biggest compliment I can give Mossy was he played like a bloke, like a thirty-year-old bloke. And he's he was he was exceptional. And he and um, and I he played like a yeovil player for me. He played like a yeovil player, and, and not every loney does that. And loneys sometimes come with their own ulterior motives. But was a Yeovil player, and he was a like in the group. He was one of us, and I hope he goes on and does really, really good things in the game. Because for a twenty-year-old to put in, not even on the ball, but some of the defensive performance put in, um, he was so resilient, and he's and he's been through a lot in his life, and he's a good, good character, and. Um, he deserves every every bit of fortune and 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 luck what comes his way because he's he's worked extremely hard and and he's a, he's as honest as they come and it's a dying art in the game especially but he's an he's an honest honest pro. 
who will give his faith to the team. And and um, I really enjoyed playing with him. He's missed, he was Mr. Dependable down that right-hand side. Definitely think he'd be a big miss for us. Yeah. And um, I think everyone wishes him all the best. And and I think the biggest compliment you can give Aloni is he looked like a Yeovil player. And uh, I'm definitely proud of what he put on because he grew a lot as a person, as a player in his time at Yeovil. Do you think he's a star in the making? certainly didn't look like at any point like out of obligation. Yeah, and um, sorry, mate? I said, do you think he looks like a star in the making? <laughs> I don't think he's, a, he's never going to get the star title, is he, because of the way he played. I don't think he's going to be um, listed as a star, but he's dependable and he was an extremely good defender, which is a dying art in football. 1v1, he was good. Back post, aerially, he was very, very good. Yeah. Uh, and I know for him it wasn't an easy decision. I think for him to leave the club and push on was a very hard one because he loved it here. And uh, I know he was desperate to stay, but things didn't quite work out that way. And um, but I definitely think he's got potential to be a. I mean, Yeovil have player. done it before. Obviously, uh, Allcock went up to the. Championship with Peterborough and Doncaster, and then Ailing's obviously in the Premier League, and Connor Roberts, I think, for Burnley now. So you never know. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's um, who knows? Even you, game, Josh. <laughs> my shit, my sale, mate. But still <laughs> time, Sam. So, so Josh, how you with know? Ye- with the Oval, though. It's yeah, a bit, it's a plan, though. It's <laughs> a bit of a, a you know a seismic weekend if you like in losing that game and losing Skivo at the same time you know what, how do you see things going now what, what have you got to, what have you guys got to do now to get right back and beat Wrexham on Saturday um, we've got to find some sort of happiness and confidence I think because I think perspective is a great thing in football and it's, it's not the end of the world. And I think all the time you walk out there feeling like you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders, you're never going to perform. And we kind of, I think the last few days, last few games, definitely, I think we played with the shackles on, which reminded me of earlier in the season where we've looked very, very tense and every mistake has, um, has really impacted us. Uh, so I think we've just got to go try and find some sort of enjoyment out of playing. Uh do the basics well. And I think in this league, energy and basics is the most important thing. So I think that's um, our recipe for getting back on track. But it's, it's a lot easier said here on a Monday night, mate, than it is on Saturday. That's yeah, I can tough. imagine. I can imagine it. It is, that's true. Well, let's move away from Yeovil now for a bit and uh, look at the general football scene over the weekend. And relax, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can enjoy the rest of it. I think you did well there. <laughs> yeah, well done. Yeah, I think the fact, the mere fact that he had the balls to come on, yeah, you know, he knew he was going to get some sticks. <laughs> well, oh, man, stick. don't shy away from it. It's not the end of the world. I'm yeah. never going to... I'll still be here, mate. Don't worry. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so where are we now? Well, look, uh, sadly, the, uh, the, the big little fat uh, Spanish waiter's got the... Heave ho, Everton! What do we think about that, Rick? What do you make of him? I know you're a big fan of his. Oh, the Spanish writer. Oh, yes. Um, no, it, it was inevitable. I think if anybody 
looking on at the start of the season, it was a crazy, crazy appointment. And it was, it's, it's the similar sort of situation when people are talk, were talking about Brendan Rodgers going to United. Your former club has too much of an impact. Whatever Rafa did, if he was successful, that would have been, you know, okay. But if he, as soon as he's not successful, the Liverpool thing would get thrown against him. And that doesn't make it easy for him. Plus, he's a bit of a stirrer behind the scenes. He's a bit of a politician. Doesn't make things easy with everybody else. So I, ju- I just think it was it was inevitable, really. It was just it was just a matter of a matter of when. And it's very strange that it should happen when he's just got control of recruitment at the club, and. Um, the club seemed to have got behind him and a choice between him and the technical director. And then a week later, Braff has gone himself. So I, I just, I don't think it was probably the least surprising sacking that you see all season. No. But I mean, I think the results were so bad of late. I mean, he was really struggling, wasn't he? Yeah, the, I mean, worst, it looks like, yeah, they were discussing it on Match of the Day too. I don't know if you saw any of it yesterday that the amount of money that they've spent and the managers that they've been through since this new owner and new dawn that was going to come in and sort of um, turn their turn their fortunes around a little bit. You could argue that Carlo Ancelotti was the man that was taking them into the right direction, but then obviously when Real Madrid come knocking and you've got a choice between them and Everton, um, you're probably not going to stick around, are you? And I think that they're, if you're looking at who's in line for the job, though, I think Everton are really learning their lesson if they're going to go back to Roberto Martinez, who apparently is now looks like that he's being touted as the favourite. Yeah, and but it, you it, just think, watch Che. Okay, he's gone to Belgium, etc. But he's still the same Roberto Martinez playing the same way of style of football that you had not that long ago. And that it was does what, seem a little bit odd. That one to, to get the sack wasn't it? it? Was the style of football the fans didn't like the way the club was going? So to go straight back to that. Same manager just seems madness. Mm. But, but hang but on a minute. Apart from anything else, if you look at the, the current situation, um, the, the, the World Cup is is just around the corner, and he's manager of what favourites or second favourites for the to win the World Cup. Would you would you give up that position? And I expect he's being paid pretty handsomely anyway um, to go and, and manage a team that's absolutely in dire trouble that could easily get relegated. Um, and you know, I mean, I can't see that happening at all. I don't think Martinez would even contemplate going there. It's weird, isn't it? Because when you say it like that, it sounds like Martinez's stock is high, which you could argue it is. But I still don't think it would be for the Everton fans. So I don't think it's necessarily a good fit for either party, really. No. But then you say you say his stock is is high, Dave. I would probably look at it the opposite. With the group of players he's had for Belgium. Have they not over- oh, they've underachieved. The last three, four tournaments, they've got a golden generation and they're gradually fading away. And he's won it's his last them. chance. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Hmm. What do you think, Josh? Um, I think it's... it's who, I definitely think it's a strange appointment bringing him back, but I'm not entirely sure who else... There is. There just, there just uh, seems to be a revolving door of Premier League managers. Potentially Rooney leaving Derby. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd be quite a good one to get in, to be fair. He's, done, he's, he's actually worked miracles at Derby, but it's a really hard one to say. But I definitely don't know. It, it seems really, really strange bringing, going back backwards on themselves when they weren't obviously happy last time. 
Mm. And it was the same owners that, that dismissed him last time. So it's it's not even as yeah. if they've had a regime change behind the scenes. It's the same people. But it's interesting. The off-field stuff is a huge problem. So I think they what they could have potentially got Graham Potter, but because of the stuff that's going on off the field at the moment, I don't think he would probably leave Brighton with where they are at the moment. I think if you think of Everton, you think of a team that should be pushing sort of towards that top six, sort of like what Villa are trying to do now. I think if this had been a few years ago, um, they potentially would have looked to try and get someone like Potter. They might still do it, but I just wonder if he might feel that at the moment with the off-field stuff, it's not maybe the right time to jump ship. I don't know why they don't keep... Nobody seems to mention very much anyway. Duncan Ferguson, I would have thought he'd be the ideal man for the job. Probably. He's got it he was, now, hasn't he? Till hmm. the, is it till the end of the season? I don't know, but I mean... You know, I, I would have thought he would he would make it. I mean, and, and even, even you know, I mean, poo-poo Rooney, but when you look at what he's actually achieving at Derby and the, the dire state the club's in from the financial point of view, and he's having to, you know, try and win games with that pressure, losing, lost what, Jackie Alco, he's lost a couple of others, I think, as well, but they, they've flogged them, haven't they, uh, off, off the How they're not bill. bottom of the table is amazing. I yeah. cannot if, believe that they're... Without that, um, without that points deduction, they'd be tenth. Yeah. Wow. You know, so I mean that that That's speaks the, highly the, for Wayne, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because he's he's limited in his resources, isn't he? Yeah. And he's motiva- motivating a team which are effectively down. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean like you go you go into a season that many points, you don't so hard to get yourself up. You then boys must be thinking we're relegated before we even started. Mm. And he somehow motivated that team to to get <clears> results. I mean, and you've got to have league winning form just to get mid table, and just get yourself out of the out of the poo. That's amazing. And of course, he's got um, a player that it would appear that they're going to have to sell him soon because if he keeps scoring goals like that, Tom Lawrence is going to somebody's going to come in and buy him because he's quite a good player. Um, and when you think about that, he played for Yeovil for a while. It's uh, it's amazing, isn't it? It's a weird one that one, Aid, because Tom Lawrence has been at Derby a little while now, mm. and he's. He's done well for them for quite a few years now, so I'm surprised he didn't sort of um, hadn't been touted for a move before then. To be quite honest, but like you say, if they that's the issue with Derby, I think they've gone into a another transfer embargo now, haven't they? Which is probably going to cause even more issues. But um, you know, they <laughs> they've seen more than their fair share already this season, haven't they? So obviously, with the an asset like Tom Lawrence still in your team. They'll be hoping, from an off, from an on-field perspective, they um, they get to keep him. But then maybe from an off-field perspective, they won't have any choice but to let him go. Well, that's that's a real dilemma, isn't it? Because on the field, he's he's doing a job and could help them possibly pull off an amazing feat and stay up. But financially, they need to cash in on it, which would almost yeah. certainly you'd think if he went, that would guarantee <laughs> him, guarantee that they would be relegated. But then again, of course, you. You could argue that um, when you've got administrators in charge of things, they're not football people. And presumably, if, if Wayne Rooney was to be, uh, you know, went, went and got the job at Dar- at um, Everton, then surely there's going to be some sort of compensation coming Derby's way for that, I would have thought. But managerial compensation is not in the same league as, as player transfers, is it? I mean, no, but... who is it who's just changed and it was about... Five million or something. 
which you think about it, if a player moves for five million, you don't think they're anything special. Yeah. Whereas the manager, a lot, of, lot of beans. Well, yeah, but five million, you know, from Derby's point of view, five million. I think I read in the paper they need seven million to to stave off, uh, um, well, whatever it is, uh, in you know, insolvency. So, five million would go a long way towards seven million, wouldn't it? Yeah, I guess Aid, it has. It will be. It will come down to whether this potential Mike Ashley deal has got any legs or not. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. That's got to be a tricky one. You could. You could be potentially saved, but it's Mike Ashley doing it. Mm. It's a really hard one, that, isn't it? Mm. It, is, it kind of like saves the club, but just stops. You know what he'll do when he's there. Yeah, it's just going to stagnate, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it's, but, a really, it's a really hard one. Do you, not, do you not think, though, that after all the stick that he's got at Newcastle and finally he's left them... I mean, A, he left them financially in a very good state, um, but he's gone now. But who, who's as, a to bus- say, as a business... Yeah, I mean he's he's not a mug, is he? Uh, okay, he might not yeah. be he might not be the most sort of enthralling soccer purist that you're looking for, by any means. But I guess the best way you know, I would put it into some sort of kind of context aid is if like because I know that obviously at United you've had your own issues with the Glazers etc. But just imagine that United had Mike Ashley, so it'd be the equivalent of sort of being financially stable. But you have no transfer funds for the best part of ten years. Hmm. No. That's that's the frustration. Yeah, no, it would be absolutely. I mean, well, you know. one thing, one thing in Mike Ashley's favour is he does have a better human rights record than the current owners of uh, Newcastle United. So you could you could never throw that at him. Hmm. That's true enough. That's true enough. And and since you mentioned the Glazers and Man United. I'd be interested Only to see just. What, yeah, I <laughs> no. Know. I just want to ask my, my, my colleague, Mr Hyatt, have you seen the latest news that they're saying that United are, and the fact that it's gone on through every phone app and, and on most internet now I've seen it, that United apparently are pushing ahead to try and appoint a new manager uh, before the end of the season, which to me says two things. If it's if it's right, then thank God, because clearly Ralphie baby hasn't exactly set the world on fire, um, and, he's, and he's, he's got no authority as a six month appointment. So no. the players would outlast him anyway. So why should they listen to what he says? Go on. Have well, you got any? Yeah. So I'm so I'm saying, um, you know, what 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 do you make of that? I mean, do you think? And and it seems to be leaning towards Pochettino again. Good God, no. Well, I'm just saying. He had, you know. He had he had Pochettino as as much as he he did well at Spurs. The season that I was talking about this with Dave on on Saturday, I think he that the season when Leicester won the league that was an open goal for Tottenham, and he cocked it up. Yeah, yeah, I agree with so that. Rick. I don't I don't think he's the right. I I go with Ten Stag mm. all day long, all day long. Yeah, but um, I I don't think Pochettino. I mean. But, as much as he he's he's a nearly man, he's a, he's another. I don't know. He just doesn't look. Show us your silverware, mate. If you're talking about taking over one of the biggest clubs in the world, your CV has got to have a proven record of winning things. If you're coming in and you've not got a previous association with the club, and Pochettino hasn't. He's got he's got. If anything, he, he's got um, not choking, but he's got so far and then not seen the job through. So. 
I think to I can understand why they'd want to make a decision now because of the lack of authority and the lack of response to um, to Ralph. But at the same time, I don't want it to be Pochettino. Hmm. Well, it's just interesting. It seems to you know really brewed up in the in the uh, media, you know, over the last sort of twelve hours almost. And I just wonder what you thought about it, you know. Uh, well, that's interesting that that story's come out at the same weekend Terry Skiverton's left. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> curious, sir, curious. Yeah. Do you, know, do, you know do, do you know what I've been, I've been finding really strange? All these cancellations, I think it's, what's going on is absolutely crazy at the top level. Okay. I really do. It's funny you should say that, really uh, Josh, because I was about to bring that one up. But in particular, this Arsenal-Tottenham game yesterday. I mean, you're not telling me Arsenal couldn't have got a side out yesterday. Arsenal were already complaining about that before, uh, immediately after the, the Liverpool game on Thursday. Arsenal were complaining about their schedule and whatever. So it's absolutely no surprise. But did it, did, was it, was the, the whole start of it was Newcastle cancelling and then Liverpool cancelled. Mm. And it just sets, how can you say one to one and no to the other? So mm. it should have just been, it should have just been a, I'm sorry. Them, them teams have got enough players. They've got enough money to, even if they had to shut down the Premier, the league, uh, the 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 training centre. They could have taken all of their players to an external. Did, I, did I also see that um, Burnley have had their, their game postponed tomorrow? But I just wanted to bring them up because that, I, that's, think, that's I think I think postponed. I think oh they've oh yeah possibly they're in talks of it to be postponed. But that'll be postponement number five, I think, and they've played one since the start of December. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous, isn't it? it I, I'm, I can't get mad around it. They, they've got huge squads. They've got 23s. But if you're, if you're an under 23, what is the... Uh, if, when they've got injuries and illnesses, you still I, can't get... I just because you can't yeah, play again. But, but Le- <laughs> Leeds have been brilliant this season for playing pretty much yeah. Yeah. an entire team of youngsters, and they had to do so again on Saturday and won at West Ham. It can be done. Yeah, I think I just I just don't like the way teams are just like it started off with just being COVID cases. Then it then like you see the release the news releases and it's injuries and COVID cases. Mm-hmm. Injuries, and then it's injuries, COVID cases, and Afcon, and you think that's not in the. You can't just because players get in, players get injured every every game. It's ironically got worse since the Premier League came out and said, "This is what the criteria well, is for postponing yeah. the game." Since then, it's got worse. Well, what, <laughs> why don't they use, talking of Afcon? Why don't, why don't they use the same criteria there? Because they've got to use their squads, haven't they? And they're limited to what's there, even if it means. Um, outfield players going in goal. Who was it who did it? Somebody did it. Um, Aurier yes. went in goal this week. Yeah, Aurier went in goal. Yeah. Yeah. Is that and what that, they've that, done, that, is it, Rick? They, yeah. they've, so you can't cancel games? But as long as you've got, I think it's as long as you've got 11 fit players, regardless of their position or whatever, then the game goes ahead. That's what it should be then. That, that's what a squad's for, isn't it? And you can't yeah. all of a sudden use it to benefit because the schedule's a bit crowded. No, exactly. Well, later on in the season, anyway, so it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They're still going to have to play the games. Yeah, yeah. Burnley going to have about ten games more than everybody else at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, Burnley. Liverpool, Liverpool will. Liverpool won't play from now until 
until the end of the AFCOM and uh, midfield, a prolific midfield goal scorer, Mo Salah, comes back. So that you can understand them pushing it because yeah, yeah. they, they looked ordinary against Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they did. You really did notice the difference. It was a, it was a tough watch. I um, rather enjoyed it. Listeners, those of you <laughs> listening to this programme uh, when it's broadcast might be thinking that, that certain members of our, our cast here are, uh, should we say, uh, inducing themselves a little bit of alcohol. But I have to point out that it's not that at all. It is Zoom. And it sounds as though, especially Josh, it sounds as though he's had about half a bottle of whiskey at times. And it's just, it's not that <laughs> at all. It's, it's Zoom. I thought it's, I just, he's taken the trophy defeat badly. Yeah. But I thought it was, it was, yeah, it was worth pointing out to, um, to, to ma- you know, maintain his credibility. He's not drinking. It's just Zoom. It sort of has these funny five minutes that it goes all peculiar. So that's, that's a little point over with. So, um, Arsenal, what, what, what do we reckon? Because I see Arsenal got looked pretty ordinary as well when they had a man sent off as well, didn't they? I didn't see Walking red card. Yeah. I, I think you could argue that Arsenal probably did what you would expect them to with 10 men, really. Because, didn't it make you know, their, don't you think it made their mind up? Whatever they, they were never going to veer away from that then. They had to get away with damage limitation as soon as Xhaka went off. Yeah. And he brought so, Nketiah off as soon as it happened. So it was like, well, we know what's going to happen here. And Absolutely. Liverpool didn't have enough to um, to get through him. But it does make the tie on Thursday very interesting. Mm. And then what about Chelsea against Manchester City again? I mean, they've lost again. Um, I don't know what to make of Chelsea. I think that they're just, they look like they're just not quite there yet. Difficult to assess when they're playing Man City, isn't it? But I guess that from the league titles perspective, you would just expect City to stroll on. Was that 12 on the bounce? And what a way way to do it as well. I mean, it's a hell of a goal. But Chelsea did have chances. But I know there's been a lot of talk about Lukaku and the interview that he gave and the performances that he's putting in. But the amount of times when they did the analysis on Match of the Day where it was just a simple ball through to him and he would have been through, but they kept chopping it back, crossing it sideways, and then he just wasn't getting service of the ball. If their passing had been a little bit better in the final third, then it might have been different. But as it was, City only needed that that one goal because games always do seem to be quite close between City and Chelsea. Yeah. And looks like City are, well, they're just, they're just, they're on a parade, aren't they? Interesting too. I see that uh, Christian Eriksen has been offered a contract by Brentford for six months. I think it is. Um, yeah. That you know, which you know, he's a good player. There's no question of that. Whether whether he can maintain that sort of level with a a pacemaker, I don't know how much difference it affects you in terms of playing professional football. I wouldn't have a clue. But um, interesting fact that this happened. Then nonetheless, could he not get? He, he couldn't get insured in Italy, could he? Hmm. So that's why that he why? had to. Yeah, it's a legal requirement, isn't it? Which is why he had his contract terminated. Yeah. Yep. And Brentford, obviously, it'd be, I mean, it'd be a massive coup for Brentford if they could get him in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, not before Wednesday. Is it their owners that are Danish? Is that the link? Yeah. Well, I was going to just. Could well be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Could well be. Because didn't Thomas Frank Danish? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so 
you know. But I mean, a, a bold and, and and exciting from their point of view move. If 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 it's you know, I, I, how can we speculate as to how he's going to perform with a heart by not a bypass? What's he got? A heart pacemaker, isn't it? He's got. Um, Hmm. You know, I don't know. I mean, but the thing is, he's he's prepared to take that risk and to find out. So you you've just got to <clears throat> let him get on with it, really, because everybody knows the situation. Yeah. Nobody's going to go into it hitting themselves, and the only way to find out is to play, is to give it a go. Yeah, sensible yeah. short term contract. But I guess from Brentford's point of view, if it does work out and he does well, we'll be back at a top team after. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That's the reason he's looking at Brentford, isn't it? Because it's yeah. it's Premier League football. Who is an, a team that is prepared to give it a go? Yeah. So you yeah. can't blame him. And some friendly, some friendly, um, you know, colleagues with him if he does go there, if he is going there. So I suppose mm. that's. Um, what about what about Norwich? Because we're getting near the end of the show. Are Norwich going to survive after that uh, win? I mean, it's only Everton they were beaten, but. Hey, I just wanted to quickly touch on that, that I wanted to have a little chat about the relegation situation because just how bad is this Premier League season been, boys? Because how are Norwich 18th? Mm. Are, are they, did they jump up to 18th? 18th they certainly yeah. jumped off the bottom. Yeah, they're And they hadn't won for ages. No. And yet they're still two league positions above... Uh, is it Burnley and um, Newcastle? Newcastle. Yeah. Like the teams are so bad. Yeah, like, I think it's the worst been... time. The table is, is, is the infrequency down. of games as well. Yeah, but the table In is balance. slightly skewed because Burnley have played seventeen and Norwich have played twenty-one. Mm. So, but, but then it's points on the points on the table, and as long as uh, Newcastle go down, who cares? <laughs> To answer your question, though, Aid, it was a big win for them. <laughs> it was. I see uh, Brandon Williams had a good game, apparently. So uh, a stormer, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Which is, from our perspective, is good news. But if you can... it was a hell of a goal from Richarlison, by the way. But it will probably get lost because Everson lost yeah. and then they got sacked. But he... yeah. beautiful overhead kick. Hmm. Well, yeah. So you're going to beat Wrexham, then, Josh? You think again? Are you going to score uh, again? I'd like to, mate. Hopefully, I'll score in front of the um, Thatcher's end. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, nice little 1 0 or 2 1 two one win late on. I'll take that one. Yeah. But um, no, hopefully, it's, hopefully we'll um, we'll get back to winning ways and, and, and fight, breed some positivity around the club. It'd be nice for everyone. Well, at least Josh, would you be diving into the Thatcher's if it was a last minute winner? Do, do you know what, mate? I think I've been hanging. Let me get my phone. I think I'm. I probably wouldn't because I think I'm one one day away from being. If I get through this this one without yellow carded, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, it's so, all me, me, me. So I've been playing since I, since I think the sixth game of the season with four yellow cards. So I don't know how I've done it, but but um, I've lasted from about from the Maidenhead game, whenever that was. To now without getting my fifth yellow, you, so I think keep your shirt on. Keep your yeah. shirt on, <laughs> and you will be you'll get booked in the last five minutes, won't you? Don't, don't be, say it. No, please try so hard. Yeah, it's, ba- it's bound to be the last five minutes. That is, that is. Uh, uh, Got to be in it. If you get given. booked in that game, it's- yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Time only, wasting only, or something. <laughs> only to win the game. I think only for a win. I'll sacrifice myself for a win. Definitely. But I mean, everybody goes on about Wrexham being, you know, this this big powerful team because of these two Hollywood uh, icons, so-called behind the scenes. But I mean, they're not doing that well, are they? I don't know where they are in the league. They're only not that far different from us, are we? I've got no idea, mate. That's probably fifth or sixth. Uh, no, they're sort of in and around seventh or eighth place. I didn't see the results this weekend, what with it being the FA Trophy um, round. But they're certainly in and around it. But yeah, thing is, though, this this is the kind of league, I know we've touched on it yeah, before, yeah, that you can, you can be about 12th and then motor on and still win the league. It can Yeah, yeah. I mean, can that's, just, that's um... the way you look at it, Josh. You spend three four wins back to back it's amazing the difference yeah, yeah. In the league, oh, especially definitely. with the big yeah, yeah the um if you can hit with momentum and like february jan uh, february march you make a run oh. you can this it's always so tight then that sixth seventh place you can you can sneak in and 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 you're carrying momentum into the playoffs which yeah. is probably i've been in positions where going the other way you're kind of holding on to stay in the the effort um the playoffs in it you're going into the playoffs with with no real momentum. It was it was a well, they're, I know one they're in eighth, eighth position on thirty nine points from twenty two games, eight, yeah. and Yeovil are on are in eleventh with thirty one points from twenty one games, so game in hand. So they you know there's not that much between the two teams, that's for sure. So uh, I don't think Yeovil should be going into it with any any kind of inferiority complex just because they lost on Saturday. One hopes, anyway. Hello, Z Victor one to BD. No, Is anybody well, here? Whatever happens, <laughs> whatever happens, will be there. Sorry, Age, you, yeah. you've been cutting out a lot there. I don't know if that's your dodgy Wi-Fi again. Well, I don't know. Um, I can hear it. <laughs> but on right. the positive side, yeah, Adrian. On the positive side, with you cutting out like that, you've never made more sense. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, been, I've been doing a little bit of practicing for Norman Collier. You see, that's the way. Um, it's quite it's quite easy when you know how to do it, you know. <laughs> it's a skill. Yeah. Anyway, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us tonight. It's been uh, uh, interesting to say the least, and I think just to reiterate to Terry Skimmerson, if we do happen to buy any chance you listen to this, we're going to miss you, mate. Um, but the best of luck uh, wherever you go in the football. Um, what shall I say, madhouse? And uh, you know, wish you all the best and. And thanks for being a friend during all those years at Yeovertown. Um, don't forget to join yeah, us yeah. on Saturday when we will have full match commentary of Yeovertown against Wrexham when Josh Staunton is hoping to A, not get a yellow card and B, score a goal. <laughs> so uh, we're all hoping for that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, make sure you join us about quarter to three, ten to three. And Hilda will be there waiting to welcome you. And... Um, yeah, I'm sure everybody will be there listening to us. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks, boys, for joining us and helping out with the discussion. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Pleasure. No worries. Thanks for having us. No problem Thank at all. Thank you very all. much. That's... No problem at all. It's good to have you all on board. So good night. <laughs>